0: to the Half Swing Shinty podcast. My name is Aaron Duncan MacLeod. I am your host. Today we're going to speak with a couple of people. Firstly, we're going to speak, be speaking with Charles Young from Strathspey. He is the president. And then we're going to go on and speak to Kieran Burns from Aberdour. On top of that, there is going to be a little review and sort of preview of this week's action, which I'm just going to run through at the end of this pod. Hope you enjoy. I've been joined now by Charles Yang, the Strathsby president. Good afternoon, Charles. Could you tell us, first of all, a little bit about you and your playing career? Um, how did you get involved in the sport? And, you know, tell us a bit about your upbringing and your association with Shinty and, and how you got involved for the first time. Hey.
1: Well, I suppose I would have been a very young child, but um, my—I suppose my clearest and earliest recollection would be in primary school, playing with the old beach sticks. Not—not not what the kids would expect to to have in their hands today. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that was our game. That, that was everything that we played. And uh, in fact, I've just moved into a new house and have been starting to unpack some things. And came across my very first medal from Shinty, right, yeah. uh, from 1966. Oh, uh, it was a, it's an old Ballahoolish Cup. Uh, Ballahoolish is my home team, and it was a George Cup, and it was fortunate enough to be captain. Um, t- special memories, um, and my playing career was all with mm-hmm. Um You know, and it was fortunate enough <coughs> that I uh, managed to play in the first team in. in the late sixties and the seventies we, we had a different system. We had the juniors and seniors. Um, you know, and you could play in both uh for part of the season and then you had to be committed if you played so many games you had to be committed in the seniors. Uh so I did manage you know, I played in that. I was very fortunate uh in a in a lot of respects. Um I had a father that was very much uh involved in, or supported Shinty. He? he had been a player himself in Killer Cleveland when he was younger. Um, and in fact, the best medal in my collection, and, and I'm fortunate enough to have a fair collection, but the best one is his McTavish Jr. Uh, uh, medal from 1937. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed playing uh, for Ballahoolish. Uh, I was fortunate I played in both North and South. Balahulish, well, as everybody knows, sits right on the, the boundary between the two areas. Um, and so I you know, played in competitions in the south and the north. Um, and I think in a lot of ways set me up in good stead for the rest of my Shinty career. Um, because I got to experience both types, both styles of play. I grew up in a very close family, um, my mother and my father. Uh, my father was a businessman. He had um, so he had a haulage business and and started a, a coal merchants business and, and I grew up in that. Um, although I didn't intend to work in it, mm-hmm. um, I served my time as an electrician in, in the smelter in but He took ill and although my apprenticeship was finished, um, I had just handed in my notice uh, twelve hours before he died, and mm-hmm. we hadn't expected his. And to die for you know mm-hmm. maybe a couple of years but yeah. so that kind of curtailed my playing career because I then uh, took over the run of the, the, the business managed to carry on for a while but I was part of a good successful Ballahoolish team these mm-hmm. days um, you know they competed well at junior level you know in Sutherland Cup the Gilvery Leagues you know and uh, 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 after of, of trophies and it wasn't fair to keep others out of the team when I couldn't commit every single uh, Saturday. So eventually it got to the point where, you know, uh, sometime in the 70s, uh, probably mid-70s, where I had to say, sorry. Um, biggest regret. I wish I'd made it work. <laughs> but, you know, wasn't to be. Um, but yeah, it was a close family, yeah. you know. Uh, but I was the only one other than my father that really played a lot of shinty. Uh, my older brother played a little bit. Uh, but yeah, mm-hmm. that, that that was how it started. Yeah. Uh, and I've hardly ever been away from it
0: since. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, really fascinating to hear that. Could you tell me maybe about some of your fondest memories in a Balahula sh- shirt on the pitch? Oh,
1: my. Now we're going back a long time. <laughs> um, um, yeah, I'm, I can remember playing in... in the Winterton in the area and, you know, aptly called the Winterton because it was always in winter, <laughs> you know, and extremely, extremely cold weather, you know, and the pitch would be frozen hard and getting through, I think it was, it was a semi-final of, of a Sutherland Cup, I think. And I think just being able to triumph in that in extreme conditions is always stuck in my mind, you know, it, that, that was it
2: was
0: Siberia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You guys, um, you mentioned there that you obviously played North Shinty and you also played South Shinty. Um, when you were, you know, sort of playing these two different styles, or you went from one to another. Um, what were the sort of changes that you noticed most, or was there any differences?
1: Um, there was less less differences then than there is now. Mm. Um, you know, and 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 that. The way it's evolved in the two areas uh, is, is a bit different, um, you know, and it, it's things. Having been a referee, it's, it's you know, i try trying not to be controversial, um, but in the South, um, certainly beyond my playing career, um, players tended to, to maybe not use uh, the, the physical attributes as much as the, the, the North players. Mm. Um, it's not that the north players weren't skilful. Uh, the south players would generally play um, maybe a more ground-based game. Mm-hmm. Um, they would play on the ground. They would, um, in some ways, maybe be a wee bit faster. The north players would mm-hmm. use the stick in the ball, and the ball would do more of the work. Um, and by means of that, the north were maybe a bit more physical. Um, but both. I, I I suppose um, in my day it was less regulated, mm. uh, and I'm not suggesting that we go back to that. <laughs> um, I kind of suggest sometimes that we maybe go back to coaching like mm. that, but maybe not playing like that, where you know, folk are, are, are really coached in how to protect themselves, mm-hmm. you know, because we didn't get the protection that players get nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. That, these are the main differences. Yeah. Um, maybe a wee bit better stick work at times in the south, um, but again, that's balanced in the north by very often cleaner hitting, mm-hmm. you know, and, and better control. Mm-hmm.
0: But, yeah. Yeah, different styles, that's for sure. Um, you mentioned just in there that uh, you know you spent some time refereeing. Um, you want to talk us through a little bit about that, how you got involved in refereeing, and, and what the highlights were during that period of your shinty career.
1: Well, I suppose the refereeing came as a result of, um, let's like I see, I, I, you know, I kind of stopped playing early on, um, but then, you know, within a few years, uh, my eldest son, uh, he was in primary school, um, they were coached. It was a North Lauren team, which was a, a combination of Glencoe, Balhoolish, and Nappin, uh, and the head teacher, Nappin, um, was not, to my knowledge, a Shinty player, but he did take the team. But he was moving on, and and I then slotted in because otherwise the, the, the North team, uh, the North Lauren team, would just have folded. Mm-hmm. So I started coaching um, because of that, uh, and. You know, I coached all of the kids. You know, we built it up to being quite a had quite a register of kids between the villages. Uh, and that led me on then, uh, I suppose, because I, I, I then got to know Alan McMillan, who was the, the Shinty coordinator at the time, mm-hmm. um, partly paid by Sports Scotland and, and the Camarach. Uh, and through that, I went on to become the, the national... I suppose, the first national under-17 uh, coach. Um, and in '96 we took the first squad to Ireland. Um, so kinda, this always kept my interest there and foster but At this stage, my eldest son was 17. Uh, and, you know, it, it was a tremendous squad that we had these days with the likes of John MacDonald that went on to, to great honours. Um, there was quite a number of really really good players and we took the first squad to Ireland uh, along with things that's going back now Gary Mm -hmm. Reid and and, you know all the the development officers that were in place at the time and that really kind of set me into the establishment if you like on on coaching Uh, no longer a player um, you know I I coached in the the village I coached all the kids right through under Seventeen for about thirteen or fourteen years, and then the second team, which kind of led me into having, you know, an established pattern in my life where um, Shinty was my thing. It's always been my thing. You know, I've, I've been interested and in played other sports, people including golf, but Shinty's always been my thing. So uh, I, I went to refereeing because we were, we were short of refereeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd been asked to do the referees course, and when I stepped down as, as the second team manager in Ballochulish, I immediately went to refereeing, uh, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, and, and at that time, uh, I went on to do coach the under 17 uh, the under-21s, and then the, under, uh, the seniors in the south, um, and brought in another referee um, that, that came in and assisted me, Ted Macdonald. Uh, you know, and, and the kind of link between playing, coaching, refereeing, that was that was alive in both of Ted and I. You know, because Ted Ted coached in Butte as well. Um, so having the coach on the 21s and the and the seniors in the South, um, the kind of rule of thumb these uh, at that time was the South and uh, senior manager and the North senior manager. Would then assist the national coach, mm-hmm. and in my time that was Ali F- uh, Ferguson. He was the national, and Fraser McKenzie was the North manager, and I was the South manager. And that w- that was just tremendous, and that kind of kept my interest in refereeing alive as well, mm-hmm. because you know I took the first squad to Ireland at under-17 level in '96, and here I am part of the the, the coaching team for the, the Scotland team going to Croke Park in 2006 and actually because I was a referee I was involved in the rules meeting mm-hmm. the night before the internationals and that happened every year that I was involved. So it, it just evolved you know the refereeing career evolved uh, you know that's one of the highlights of my coaching is you know taking the first squad to Ireland six, we've being back at Croke Park 2006, mm-hmm. but also tied in as is, is one of the highlights of my refereeing career, because how many 20 referees actually set the rules meeting mm-hmm. and agree in the, on the compromise rules? Um, so yeah, I mean, that these are some of the highlights. Another highlight was the fact that I was asked to go and referee in Ireland, and um, with the under 17, uh, development squad. Can't remember which year, um, but we went out for a long weekend, there was eight matches and, you know, I refereed six of the eight and having taken the first squad there and then going back with them as a referee. Yeah. They, they, these are the things that stick in my mind. Um, you know, and I'm very, very, very grateful for them.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, you know, some amazing experiences for sure. Um, I'm going to jump back to the coaching bit in a second, but firstly, I'll just ask you, what would you say to anyone who is thinking about becoming a referee for Shinty?
1: Um, It's very rewarding. You know, everybody thinks, oh, no, I I, couldn't do that. You can do that. Um, The the biggest bit of advice, really, I suppose, or one of the biggest bits, would be just be treat yourself. Mm -hmm. You know the rules. You know, if you've been a player, you know the rules. If you're not, certain, you can easily look up the rules. And um, I used to get new referees phoning me up, as I did. I would ask advice uh, when I started, mm-hmm. uh, and folk would give you pointers. You know, and, and Shinty is just a big community. Um, and unless folk pick up the whistle, we have a dying game. You know, we can't hold competitive Shinty matches unless we have folk. I'm 67 and I've got medal in both knees, these. Mm. And if it wasn't for that, even at 67, I would endeavour to be fit enough to be in a, <laughs> a black strip in the middle of the park on a Saturday. It's very rewarding. It doesn't matter how contentious it can be in, a, in, in at the end of a game or during the game, almost without exception, you'll walk off the field and everybody will come up with thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, yeah, it is, yeah. I can't rate
0: it high enough. No, that's that's great to hear. Um, I'm really interested in something you said a little earlier about your coaching and travelling over with the Scotland side to Crook Park. Obviously, that sounds incredible. What what was it like there? This uh, you know the stadium, the atmosphere, and and just being involved with that setup. Uh,
1: coming from Shinty, it's really quite surreal. Um, I, I was fortunate, I suppose, in the respect that in 96, when we took the first squad out at under-17 level, uh, we'd done a tour around Croke Park and we got to know some of the folk, you know, and that that was brilliant, you know. And I'd had, um, you know, instances in my career when folk were over from Ireland here that I would, you know, would get in touch with and, and we would know, um, but to come from, as a player, there were probably the only two places in all the that you had changed rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to develop through my career where most places had something or another, to then arrive at Croke Park in the bus and drive in a tunnel underneath the stadium and and to have changing rooms the way that we had, to have um, an indoor practice area that, you know, mm-hmm. it was just uh, absolutely amazing. And then to go out onto the field, you know, and, and, well, obviously, you know, that there's some restrictions of what you're allowed to do and not do to the judgment, mm-hmm. but to go out onto the field and, and stand in the middle of uh, that stadium, you know, that holds about 80,000 people, mm-hmm. it's just amazing. And to be honest, I would encourage anybody that has any chance to take part in anything like that, to grab it with both hands and, um, thoroughly enjoyed it, the Irish thoroughly enjoyed it, um, they were, you know, at the end of our match in 2006, there must have been 20,000 folk in the stadium,
2: mm-hmm. uh-huh.
1: and they were they'd known more about it and had been there for the whole match, so, yeah, tremendous, a huge difference, and um, the, the level of the sport just was beyond anything that we experienced, mm-hmm. but they started with something similar to us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They did, you know, and and you know, I, I've I've happed on about this, you know, other times. In ninety six we were staying with host families in Ireland and I was fortunate enough to stay with one of the presidents of Ballyboden in St Edna's and they had seventy teams playing in their club. They had three pitches and seventy teams. And I asked Matt, uh, how on earth did you manage to grow your club like this? And he told me quite candidly, it was when they embraced the girls' game. And, um, you know, and I absolutely encourage every club in Scotland to mm-hmm. embrace the ladies', the ladies game. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been fortunate enough to, to referee all of their competitions, you know, when I was a referee. And I can testify to the, the development, the skill level in their game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, uh, you know, Every shinty player should remember when he's married or has a partner and they've got kids and he wants to go play in shinty on the Saturday, who's taking care of the kids? Um, and the ones that are ladies players themselves, they're going to be making sure to encourage their kids to go to shinty too.
0: Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Sorry, I, I have one.
0: No, no, that's quite all right. That's quite all right. And I totally uh, echo your sentiment about the women's game. Um you also, of course, spent some time on the Cameron Act Association Board of Directors. Now, we don't want to bore the listener too much because uh, <laughs> I'm sure after what you've just described and the excitement of refereeing, coaching and playing, being on the board isn't going to quite hit those heights. But uh, we'll try and get uh, we'll try and needle some, uh, some interesting stuff out. So I'm going to ask you, were there any sort of contentious discussions during your time? And basically, what were your highlights on the board? And is there anything you're particularly proud of?
1: I suppose I'm proud of, you know, several things. Um, there is a lot of the, the, the work in the board that is just about maintaining um, the association. And, you know, folk think, oh, it's boring. But, you know, uh, if you don't have folk looking after the governance of, of the association, things can slip badly wrong. You know, and, and I admire all the directors. I, I was fortunate enough to be there for six years. But they're custodians of our game, and every one of them love our game, you know, and they're there for that reason. Um, I might uh, maybe 30 years ago, you know, when I might have thought the exec- executive committee is, they know are a bunch of old people. so and <laughs> so they're just holding us back. But no, actually, yeah, they've all got the best interests of the game at heart. They need to make sure that we have the right reserves, that we have we, we are financially stable. These are the mundane things. Um, Some of the highlights for me um, was being part of making sure that Lewis Cameron were admitted into the National League. That was just a tremendous pleasure. I was club and volunteer director and, you know, it it really was a, a great pleasure to be able to see them coming in and then to go on and win the Fair Play Awards and to hold their own and actually, you know, um, managed to, to, to fulfil their, their commitments. That was one of them. Um, another highlight, I suppose, um, was working with Ronald, Ronald Ross. Uh, Ronald and I done, done a fair bit of work in Glasgow. This was prior to having a development officer in the, in the Central Belt, where we managed to, to further um, the the shinty plane opportunities in, mm-hmm. in Glasgow especially. You know, and it, it, it was a fair commitment, and Ronald was uh, absolutely first class. You know, many a time I would I'd leave work. I, I was working in Oban at the time. I would leave work and drive from Oban to Glasgow. Ronald was already there, and, mm-hmm. and you know, getting things organised, and we'd be sitting there at meetings. Now I wasn't so bad. I'd I'd be home in two hours. To Ballachulish, Ronald had a bit further to go to get <laughs> back up to King UC. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, working with Ronald in, in that respect was was very rewarding. The other thing was, um, and I can say it now, but we never never, uh, acknowledged this at the time. I was on the panel uh, for a number of years that decided in the Maui Awards, as it was the Marine Harvest Awards Mm -hmm. at the time, and that was a pleasure, you know, because you got to sit and listen to all of the nominations. You had your own personal knowledge of not all of them, because you don't know. Them, you can't know all of them. Mm-hmm. But to listen to what folk are doing in Shindy and why they should be rewarded for it, and that—that that was one of the, the highlights. That's one of the contentious things. <laughs> uh, with affected um, my own home club at, at one point. Uh, maybe still does. Uh, was when we had an imbalance in the leagues, when mm. we were having to look at, at how we can balance things up. You know, and and and. You know the committees don't have an easy, easy task, uh, and we offered Ballinlough a chance to go north or stay south. Half the club wanted to go north. <laughs> now, they had been really, they'd been progressing well, the club. But then we got to this point where half wanted to go north, half wanted to stay south. The club split, and they went from two, a two-team club to one-team club. that dropped down, I think, two leagues. Yeah. I still feel a bit. Uh, Mm. Mm, about that, uh, but anyway. But other than that, no, I wouldn't say there was too many contentious things. It was about trying to maintain the sport. Mm-hmm.
0: No, absolutely.
1: Uh, and I commend the board, today's board, to all of us as well. That's not an easy job.
0: Mm-hmm. No, quite agreed with that. I'm glad it's them and not me. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, obviously now you're on in Pastures New. You, uh, you're the president of. how are the club getting on at the moment and and what's the vision for the club
1: Uh, a really big vision for the club Um, I I think my wife would have been quite happy if you know we we just moved up from Baloglish to Inverness two of her sons are here and my wife belongs here just outside Inverness actually Um, and I think she was kind of looking forward to maybe a, a term of no shinty, you know, uh, you've got a house to build channels and, you know, we're not, we're not going to do it. But anyway, when Ronald realised I was here, he asked me to go along uh, to a meeting a couple of years ago, just just over two years ago, mm-hmm. to Granton Spey, uh, and see if I could offer any pointers uh, or any advice to Strathspee. And I'm not saying anything here that I didn't say to them that night. <laughs> I went and I, I sat around the table with them and I thought, well, my... There's a fairly good turnout here, you know. This is just a, a young club that's meant to be struggling. There was a lot of folk down the table. And I've never in all my shinty career, well, certainly not as an adult, come across a club with so many folk prepared to say, I'll do that.
0: Mm.
1: Well, secretary, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Um, facilities, looking after this, I'll do that, <laughs> you know. Uh, I'll carry on as treasurer, uh, you know there's never been a time where folk uh, or posts have been unfilled and that that was completely new to me. Mm -hmm. So there was tremendous enthusiasm. Um, And anyway, for their sins, um, (laughs) I I am the chairman or president, you know, whatever the title Mm -hmm. is, it makes no difference. I'm there to just help in any way that I can. Um, Because of their enthusiasm, um, we had Several discussions, as you can imagine. And one of the things that's always bothered me is that Shinty kind of just stops a mess, mm-hmm. and there's nothing until you get to Aberdeen. That's always rankled with me. Um, I, I don't believe... You know, I'm not just interested in one club. I'm, I may have allegiance to one club, but I'm interested in all the Shinty. Mm-hmm. And Strathspey are ideally located... Um, And we intend, well, we've now employed a development officer. We were very fortunate that the DCI funding um, initiative was available from Sport Scotland and Fort William had gone through it successfully. And uh, after discussions, we decided that we would go through it. So, you know, I followed this through and we're very grateful to Sport Scotland, tremendously grateful to all the help and advice that Gary Reid has given us and Ronald Rossi, especially, but we've now got a development officer um, and we are working in collaboration with folk in, in near now. The intention is to move um, out from Granton's Bay and we are doing that into the surrounding villages with our, we have a development plan that takes us pushing forward towards Forest mm-hmm. um, and where we can start to develop um, into the schools, into the high school, you know, it's tremendous catchment areas and eventually we may manage to get along the corridor a bit further to, to Elgin. Now, it's, it's a huge undertaking, but I've never come across a bunch of folk more committed. We've obviously been like everybody else in Sydney hampered by COVID. A bit um, yeah. poignant for me just now as I'm <coughs> recovering from COVID. Hmm. But uh, they have... This uh, desire to push forward. They're in North too. Um Numbers has always been an issue, but we uh, we are in the process of, of rebranding the the club to an extent. Uh, we are, you know, going out and, and seeking new and more extensive sponsors. Uh, we have a plan well a desire more than a plan at the moment but we are looking for opportunities to get some ground where we have our own facilities mm-hmm. we're we're very grateful for having the the field that um, the craig mclean sports center which is highland councils but that still comes with its own limitations um so we're, we're really hopeful to be able to get that ground and work our way forward and apply for grant funding and you know eventually work our way through to having our own facilities. Um we through our development officers um role we intend to have that address um you know the, the whole disability section of, of the community. We intend to um offer facilities for them, offer the opportunities mm-hmm. to the to, to folk with disability to take part in this uh, It's a very inclusive club and we, as a sport, need to be very inclusive. Um, and we hope to work in collaboration, and I was just speaking to someone in Fort William about this a couple of days ago, where we want to work in collaboration with their development officer mm-hmm. and maybe have some joint festivals. We've just been doing one uh, and unfortunately I couldn't be there. Uh, uh, because of COVID mm-hmm. um, but we you know we, we intend very much to develop um, the the club to be an inclusive club for all so I'm I'm grateful to be involved um, and I'm grateful for uh, the folks sharing a lot of the, the kind of visions that I've got uh, but they've got their own as well you know and and I'm really
0: grateful for the enthusiasm um, that, that comes from all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds great. And it sounds like there's a lot of work underway, certainly at uh, at Strath Space, So, you know, I'll certainly wish them all the best for the upcoming season and, and for these developments with the development officer. That's been really good, Charles. Uh, is there anything just before we finish up that you would like to mention or talk about?
1: I would just encourage anybody that can assist in the energy club to take part. Um, I, I have been involved in the past where I'd been the one that gets up in the morning and goes in the days of when it was sawdust and, on mm. the edge of the field mm. is isn't anymore. going away to the, the, the sawmill 20, 22 miles away, mm. getting the stuff, coming back, laying in the fields, doing it all. Um, it's the same amount of work that has to be done if it's one person or if it's ten, the total amount of work the same but the amount that each individual does gets cut by every volunteer that comes, folk think oh no, I can't do anything, believe me anybody can do something for mm. Shinty, But it's walking round with a hat as used to happen in the Jubilee Park in Malaholish when mm. I was a player, somebody would go round and shake a hat in front of the spectators that raises a few pounds it doesn't matter you can go around, you can sell lottery tickets. I would urge anybody that can to be involved in our sport. It's a historic sport in Scotland, and we need everybody to be involved. And it's just that great big family community. So I uh, encourage everybody. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Well, thanks very much for your time today, Charles. I hope you have a good day.
1: If you own a holiday home, then we can help you get the most from it. We'll take care of everything from marketing your property to bookings and payments, giving you the time to sit back, relax and enjoy watching the game you love most. Don't be shy. Contact us today for a free, no obligation income projection from one of our Scottish property experts in your area. Just visit the Let Your Property section at cottages.com. Proud sponsors of the 2021 McTavish Cup.
0: I've now been joined by Kieran Burns from Aberdour. Good morning, Kieran. How are you getting on today?
2: Yeah, not too bad, buddy. Yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad at all. Not too bad. It is 9.42 a little earlier than we usually record the podcast, so maybe a little bit groggy, but other than that, I'm fine. <laughs> what have you got planned for today, sir? Uh,
2: I'm just back from the gym, buddy. Um, I'm just going to embarrass my kids for a wee bit here and then <laughs> off to work.
0: <laughs> There's no better, uh, no better morning than that. Uh, certainly um, not. <laughs> so I'll sort of set the scene a little bit or maybe ask you two actually um thought so it would be good to get you in the pod because something quite unique happened uh, Saturday just gone uh, with yourself and your family could you explain what it was
2: yeah we had our um our first uh competitive senior shindy game of the season and I played with my three sons for the full 90 minutes which was quite odd but
0: very good yeah amazing amazing um in the Aberdour versus Kilmory second team game. So how mm-hmm. did you get involved in Shinty yourself?
2: Well, uh, I'm Irish, so I'm a former hurler. I've lived here for about 20 years. Right. Uh, my two youngest sons, in 2015, I brought them to Shinty training with uh, Cam Nack Dunedin mm-hmm. in Edinburgh. Um, I picked up a stick and played with them while training, and the rest is history. I just... Owned round, found the nearest club, which was Aberdare, and I've been in
0: hook since. Yeah, absolutely. Did you? So you're saying your former hurler, you were quite involved in that when you were over in Ireland, were you? Yeah, yeah.
2: I played it right up until maybe 18. We moved to
0: Scotland
2: when I was 22, and uh-huh. didn't actually start playing shinty
0: until I was 35. Right. bit of a late bloomer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So was it more that uh, you were getting your kids involved and that, got you involved, or was it the yeah, other way round?
2: I actually enjoyed actually hitting the ball and obviously I still Mm -hmm. um I still could hit the ball quite well and take the ball to the air so it was quite an easy sort of transition over
0: yeah yeah no absolutely um most most parents I suppose get to feel a sense of pride watching their kid play sport but how did it feel to actually take the field with your boys
2: it was was a a proud moment there's no doubt about it still a wee bit worried about my youngest one because I very small still very 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 thin so a good gust of wind he'd be over that in the <laughs> very very easily but Colmori um, side was quite young so I could relax that way and he played very well they all played very well so I was a very proud dad
0: yeah absolutely I can I can appreciate that for sure Um, what positions do you all play you know was it a Burns family forward line or were you sort of spread out throughout the team a bit
2: I think they all wish it was that but my, <laughs> my oldest son Eden, who's 20 he plays uh, half-back, right. um, big, strong lad, loves a good challenge, mm-hmm. tremendous shire. Um, my middle son, he uh, is, is, uh, played full centre, mm-hmm. he's very, very, very athletic, he loves the run of the ball and has a good eye for goal and the youngest one played wing centre,
0: mm-hmm.
2: which I thought, being short legs, he would have struggled, but he never done very, very well mm-hmm. and I played half-forward, mm-hmm. the prolific striker that I am, have scored three goals in seven years so <laughs> uh, it's certainly not the right position to me for me to
0: be fair but not to stay with the pit me <laughs> yeah that's uh, I'll admit that's probably not the most deadly record we've ever heard it's on the Half Swing podcast <laughs> <laughs> but um, me, be in the of Aberdowar, so <laughs> certainly not a striker at all <laughs> brilliant uh, so yeah okay maybe it's not a forward line but there's a clear spine there I suppose to the family so obviously quite integral too to Aberdower, which is which is great to see. Um, yep. Wouldn't ever, you know, I'm at the matches and that you see the players getting wound up with each other sometimes if things aren't going their way. Who gets wound up with who the most? Are you sort of bemoaning the youngsters, or are they giving you grief instead, saying, "Come on, it's time to step aside to the rest of it." Yeah,
2: it, unfortunately, it is me. It usually does get wound up, and <laughs> it is awfully weird hearing your children calling you by your first name instead of dad. So that's that's the bit I'm trying to get used to more than anything. Yeah. But you can obviously recognise their voices and you realise it's your son calling you, but um they are quite easy going compared to me. I'm the one that seems to be doing all the shouting and
1: stuff.
2: But <laughs> hopefully it hopefully it will change as they get a bit older.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um speaking more specifically about the game, um on Saturday, what were Kilmori like and, and how did you guys actually play? Obviously we know the result, but how how did you play?
2: I thought it was a very sort of evenly matched game. They had quite a few youngsters as well, and we had quite a few youngsters, and um, I thought they matched up quite well. Um, They're they're full centre. I marked them last year, and the guy, all he does is run. He just doesn't stop running. Mm -hmm. So my plan was this season to let my middle son, who's quite athletic, to tire him out for the first half. Mm -hmm. And then I Mark him in the second half, but it didn't work. He was still running in the second half as well, and I was Mm -hmm. looking for oxygen halfway through the (laughs) first half. So...
0: Do you see your boys going on to feature for Aberdeer for the next 10-20 sort of, years? Obviously they're all still quite young.
2: Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think Shinty's in the blood now and um, I know the oldest two will be stepping up to the first team next year mm-hmm. uh, and then I'll continue to play until the V1 steps up and then I'll hang up my boots and just follow them around the country and, and watch them.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, that's brilliant. I just wanted to to basically give everyone the chance to hear about this amazing story. So, is there anything else you'd like to talk about before we finish you up?
2: that's fine. I just well, one thing I would say, I just wish more people would play, Shinty, not they? Mm-hmm. Because obviously I'm a driving instructor and I speak to a lot of people, and there's very few people who even know about the game, mm-hmm. especially in a central belt like this. It it just wish more people would play it, and then obviously we wouldn't be as far of a distance to travel every weekend. But yeah. The whole family love its wife and all, so it works
0: out well. Absolutely, don't worry. I'll be getting on uh, on New Central um, Belt Development Officer Roddy Young's back to make sure he starts trying to push for some more clubs near Aberdare, Save you some trips. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's brilliant. Thanks so much for joining me, Kieran. Thanks very much,
2: Aaron. Have a nice morning.
0: Cheers. Now obviously we've done a couple of interviews with this podcast and we haven't really looked forward to the weekend's fixtures or had a look back on what had just happened. So I'll quickly run through some of the national fixtures, Um, so that's obviously from the Maui Premiership and the Maui National rather than just from the national, I just mean the full picture of fixtures. Um, So can you see we'll be taking on Kilmali, Uh, both have only played one game having not played last week. Um, can you see her at home at the Dell and they'll be taking on the Kamali side which lost on the first day of the season 3-0 against Lovett. Um, can you see on the first day of the season obviously had that great result at home against Caber winning 7-0. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Kamali can maybe go to the Dell and cause an upset there. But Can you see we'll be looking to get onto four points for the season just like their rivals Newton Moore did last week. Newton-Moore tough fixture this week though. Last week of course they played GMA and won. Uh, This week they're travelling to Tina Bruich to take on a Kyle's Athletic side that opened up the season with a two each draw with Fort William. It's going to be interesting to see how that one goes. Will Newton-Moore continue their 100% record at the start of the season and go on to six points? Retaining top spot in the Maui Premiership or can Kyle's Athletic get their first win of the season? Elsewhere Caberfe will be travelling to GMA. Both sides are yet to pick up a point in the Maui Premiership so we'll be desperate to do so and get out of that relegation zone that they both sit in just now. Two games played, no points, doesn't make for good reading but there has been tough fixtures so it will be interesting to see who can get off the mark in this match. GMA always good at home and a strong defence. We're quite impressive against Newton Moore last week in the recorded match, so it'll be interesting to see if Caber can break them down. Tulloch Holmes Cup champions Kinloch Shiel are at home this weekend against Oban Kamenacht. Oban Kamenacht won the opening game of the season against GMA, mm-hmm. um, but their match last week against Fort William was called off. Uh, Kinloch Shiel of course, lost that opening day fixture against Newton Moore and uh, last week Xander McRae helped them to get both points with a double. Two teams here who in my opinion should be in the tussle for the title though both targeting wins in this match. That match is for sure so it'll be interesting to see who comes out on top and if anyone's going to keep up that sustained pressure on Newton Moore who've had obviously such a good start to the season. Final game in the Maui Premiership is between Fort William and Lovett. Lovett opened up the season away to Kilmali where they picked up both points in a 3-0 win. Um, They'll be looking to do the same at an of course but Fort William had a strong enough return to the Premiership going two goals up against Kyle's Athletic only to be pegged back for a two-each draw. Certainly not a disrespectful outing for your return to the Maui Premiership. If they can pick up some points against Levitt it'll be a really good start for Fort William. In the Maui National Strathglass take on Oban Celtic with both sides looking to avenge a defeat in game week week two. Strathglass were playing against Bewley and went away 5-0 losers and Oban Celtic of course lost against Lochaber. The Red and Whites will travel to Winterton to take on Invereri. Invereri of course drew the opening game of their season, one each with Glen Uckert and did not play last week. Lecabre undefeated so far after wins against Strathglass and Oban Celtic so we'll be looking to continue that and keep the pressure on Bewley at the top of the league. Bewley are at home to Glen Uckert. Um Of course Bewley have played Aberdour and Strathglass with two wins for the Green and Whites. Glen Uckert, of course are also undefeated in the league having drawn on the opening day of the season against Invereri and then beating Aberdour 6-0 last week. So something is surely going to give in that match. Aberdower, um are at home against Sky in the final game in the Maui National. Sky obviously didn't have a match last week, um, much to the annoyance of some Invereri players who have sp- I've spoken to who said they were in Fort William when it got called off. Unfortunate, but these things happen, especially in the wet west coast. Um, they are travelling to Aberdour. Aberdour have obviously had quite a tough start to national division life. Um, playing against Bewley and Glen Um, However, back at home, they will, of course, be hoping that they can pull off a surprise and take some points off Sky that's your roundup and I honestly can't believe how much more difficult it is to do on your own than it is with someone else so you can just ask the questions. Asking the questions is easy, answering them a lot more difficult so kudos to all my guests last year who did that. There was some feedback in the forum that I put round about the podcast that basically said that that section was going on too long so I'll probably continue to do them like this so you better get ready to (laughs) to skip five minutes every episode when I uh, clumsily jump over all the fixtures but anyway brings us to the end of the podcast thanks so much for listening as always i've got to thank my guests for coming on that's both kieran and charles i've got to thank the sponsor of this podcast cottages.com i'd also like to thank pizza crunch for letting us use their song as the intro to this pod and as ever a huge thanks to fergie mcdonald for letting us use the shinty referee to play us out have a great week
1: and Kyle's, Kilmaurs Kyle or Aber, yes he travels many miles. Glenorchy in Berere, the rain, he and Newton Moor. Kim you see Billy Lovett and Loch Lochearn by the shore? Glenorchy, Owen Celtic, Arnprior and Strathglass, Kilmorey, Bealtaine and around the Brander Pass. There's many a gael and Glenary near Loch Ness. Strachar and Lochside Rovers, Caberfein and Inverness, with his whistle and his stopwatch, and the kill above his knee, is the roughest, toughest man around the Shinty referee. With his whistle and his stopwatch, and the kill above his knee, is the roughest, toughest man around the Shinty referee.